Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. begin to read from the beginning, and I'll tell you what I heard in my spirit 
and now I saw confirmed in the word of God. How does the city sit solitary that was full of people? How is she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princess among the provinces, how has she become tributary? She weeps sore in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. Now, what I heard in my spirit last night, and I wrote it down, America's enemies move in closer for the kill. Her friends have betrayed her. That's what I heard in my heart. The friends of America. And when I read this about she weeps sore in the night and her tears are on her cheeks, what I see there are the citizens of this nation. I see the American people, the people that would represent America. And I see that the dark night of the soul is coming upon the nation. Uh, This is not a new message for us. We have been preaching this for a very long time. We have warned of the days that we are now living in. And we only say that to give witness to God's righteousness and his truth. And so when it comes to horizontal, earthly, national, natural things, we see God's word and we we hear the spirit of the Lord proclaiming the things that now are and the things that are yet to come. And what we see is that the friends of America, now I would ask, I would sit back and I would say, well, what nations on earth proclaim to be the friend of America? What are the friends? And you would think maybe Israel is a friend to some degree. I don't know. People would say that. Maybe uh, over in, um, you know, London, maybe there's some friends over there. And maybe America has some friends in Australia, maybe. And you wonder, well, who are the friends? And I want you to take this very personally now because maybe you have, you can understand this from maybe your own minor experience of having friends at one time in your life who have turned against you. And you have walked along in friendship and fellowship and suddenly those that you once trusted, the people that you leaned on for comfort uh, and concern and care are suddenly gone from your life. I know David wrote about it in the Psalms that my familiar friend who I walked into the house of the Lord with has betrayed me. And so I believe this is a part of every person's life to some degree. We've all experienced, you know, this kind of, gosh, you know, what did I do? Now you become my enemy. My friend is now my enemy. And the people that used to comfort me and put her arm around my back, they're not with me anymore. Well, when it comes to nations, America is encountering, and uh, here's what I see in my mind's eye with this word. Uh, For example, Middle Eastern nations. I feel like the powers that be, the the suited people in Washington, D.C., for example, maybe some politicians, maybe some deal makers, um, you know, people that are 
Uh, they move about the world and they, they make deals with other nations. And we've come to this critical time and I could see a suited individual from Washington, D.C. talking to foreign nations saying, hey, will you help us in this? Will you join us in this? You know, we have this thing called the NATO alliance. We have all these G7s. We have G this and uh, we have all these different fabrics, all these parts of the world that are connected and, and have sworn covenant and vows of protecting. And I see it all coming apart. I, I, I am I'm just amazed where I could actually see, and I saw in my mind's eye last night, a Muslim man all decked out in his Muslim garb, sitting down in a chair, talking to a suited individual. I don't know who it was. And the suited individual from Washington, D.C. is trying to get an agreement of help, and the, and the Islamic man, in the most humble way, was basically just saying, we can't do that. In other words, we're not going to help you in your crises right now. In fact, in the spirit, we're going to be supporting the other side. And I, and I see this because it is the day of America's judgment. I see that we are living in the time of America's judgment. Now, I know there are worse nations around the world. And I know how great our nation once was. And that's not the point. The point is, in our generation, he says, the day that you do what is wrong, your righteousness will remember no more in the book of Ezekiel. So the day of accountability, the day of judgment is on our nation. And I think that's a flawless reality. God's righteous judgment, the crises that are happening, the things that are happening on our nation is God's righteous judgment. He's allowing it to happen to us. Now, the things that we have seen, and we have said this before, maybe you'll be familiar to this, the things we have seen happen to our country, and if we start at 9-11-2001, and we mark the last 20 years, 20 and a half years now, if we mark those 20 and a half years of, uh, since 9-11, all the different things that have happened to our country and the things that have transformed us into where we are today, these things were all intended, every single crisis from 9-11 forward to this day, were intended, not, even, not to this day, I have to go back about two years actually, uh, they were all intended to turn our nation back to God, to call the heathen to repentance, to call the pagan to repentance, to call the government to repentance, to call the church to repentance. And all the crises should have been recognized and realized by those who have the mind of God that this is God's way of getting our attention. And then we should have turned to the Lord. There should have been a holiness promoted, a genuine turning back to God, a, a putting on display of the divine nature and, and, and the glory of God and bringing conviction and prayer and fasting and power and movement uh, to bring the nation back to God, right? Well, this didn't happen. And so we find ourselves in the Isaiah chapter 1 reality. And if you just go back to Isaiah chapter 1, I'll read just a few verses to bring a little understanding of where we really are right now. <clears throat> so Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4 this is the prophet Isaiah speaking to his nation, Israel, and we know as it was done to them, so shall it be done to the Judeo-Christian nation, America. Uh, we have a double portion of judgment, just like Israel, because they knew the right thing to do. They just turned away from it. 
So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4, ah, sinful nation. Yes, let me say it again. Ah, sinful nation, America, a people laden with iniquity. As I said the other day, when you turn the television screen on and you see two men kissing each other on a, on a sports commercial, hugging each other, thinking about where to go on vacation, when you turn on a commercial during a, a college ball game and you see an Adidas commercial advocating for young men to turn their bodies into women and then get involved in women's sports and compete, I mean, these are, uh, this is a nation laden with iniquity promoting on television transgenderism and homosexuality. Oh, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, America laden, filled, weighted down, burdened with iniquity, abominable sins, a seed of evil doers. So sad. Children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. What God was saying through the prophet Isaiah back then was that Israel had forsaken the Lord. They had been laden with iniquity too. They were worshiping other gods. They were doing all this crazy stuff, right? So they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. Uh Uh-oh. When we think about God getting angry, we have to put our finger on chapter 1 here, pause for a moment, and go to Isaiah chapter 10. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5, O Assyrian, the rod of my anger, and the staff in their hand is my indignation. I will send him, the Assyrian, the rod of God's anger, against a hypocritical nation. Wow. So you go back to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4. Again, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel, unto anger. They are gone away backward. America has gone away backward. It is the truth. The anger of the Lord has been provoked. So God's anger is in the rod of a nation called Assyria back then. Now, God's anger against our nation, and you're going to see why here it's so angry. Uh, It's going to be very clear. But now he puts his anger in another nation in the year 2022 and the days that lie ahead. And he's going to bring that nation like he brought the Assyrian nation, and he's going to pour out his anger and wrath, right? Because the rod in their hand or the staff in their hand is my indignation. So the weapon in the hand of Assyria was God's indignation. So God is going to put a weapon in the hand of an enemy of America today And that enemy is going to come to our shores, and the fury of the Lord is going to be released through that weapon. That's the word of God. That's not made up. That's what the Bible says. That's the pattern. That's the end sample. These are the things we're supposed to be learning about. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 to the New Testament church, go back and remember how God dealt with your forefathers so that you don't do the same thing because the same judgment will hit you. So we're just looking at the pattern of things. Now, verse 5, this is key. Why should you be stricken anymore? That's what God is saying to America after 20 years and some months of these strikes, these beatings, these things. It's 9-11-2001. 
He says, why should you be stricken anymore? For 20 plus years, I have been beating you. I've been sending storms, economic problems, showing you the craziness of your times, your school shootings, your church shootings, your mall shootings. I'm showing you an unhealthy mind that's in your nation. I've even allowed terrorists to saw the head of a woman off in Oklahoma City. I've allowed things to go on in your country. You don't get it. Look what he says. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. All he says is, even if I keep trying to punish you to turn you to me, you just keep revolting more and more. And think about 9-11-2001. What has happened since then? Our government has legislated homosexuality. Our government has opened the door and made war, declared war against 80 million American citizens. For the first time that I could ever remember people like the, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, more than our own president, Joe Biden, because Joe Biden is so corrupt and his son is so corrupt and his family is so corrupt and they've cheated and lied and stolen. So, I mean, it's just an amazing thing that people are going, come on, Russia's a better nation than America. Wow, who would have ever dreamed that? All that propaganda for so many years declaring Russia to be the evil beast, you know, the bear. Well, God will raise up a bear, and he'll tell the bear, get some, get some food, go and devour. And I do fear in a righteous way that God is going to unsheathe his own sword, and he's going to put it into the hand of a slayer, and that slayer is going to come and do great damage because you will revolt more and more. I can't discipline you anymore. I can't rebuke you anymore. I can't reprove you anymore. I can't tell you to repent anymore. So what happens? He said the whole head of this nation, the entire head is sick. The whole heart is faint. So this country called America that God utilized for his glory to make it a Judeo-Christian nation where the law of God, the commandments of God were exalted within the nation, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the covenants of God with the founding fathers, all of it, God bless this nation. We have done exactly what Israel has done. So we look at the pattern and we've come to the time, and this is prophecy. Prophetic utterance is about basically telling God's people what time it is and what God is going to do. And I believe the Bible is very clear. You don't need to be a prophet to know that if a nation does what Israel did, they're going to get the same judgment. It's not, well, I'm, under, I'm, I'm a Christian nation, therefore I could sin many times and not be judged. That, has, that is so perverse. That's not what the Word of God says at all. That's not even for an individual believer to say, well, I'm under grace, I could keep sinning. That's an abomination to God. That mercy and grace is for people who are working out their salvation and are struggling through to get to the victory, and along the way they fall down and sidestep. Then, then God's mercy and grace is there for them. To willfully sin, to willfully do the abominable things and think that somehow you're protected by God is a joke, okay? So let's move on just a little bit further. Verse 6, from the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. There's no soundness in this country. You look at Will Smith walking up on the Oscars. I remember as a little kid watching the Oscars. That used to be a really cool thing 
Today, nobody wants to watch it. For years, nobody's wanted to watch it. It's an abomination. It's a filthy, racist, ridiculous, and it showed itself to be what it is when Will Smith had to walk down the aisle the other day and slap the daylights out of Chris Rock for telling jokes. And in the middle of it on television, don't you let her name come out of your blanking mouth using the F word, right? And so this is the, this is the real mind of our country. And that's just a little bit of it. But we see these things all the time. So from the sole of the foot to the head, there is no soundness in this country but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. That's right. Those wounds, those bruises, those putrefying sores are all the issues that we're dealing with today. Homosexuality, transgenderism, pedophilia, uh, racism, critical race theory, uh, you know, white supremacy. You, whatever the issue has been, it has never been fixed. It has never been healed. We're not a healed nation by now. Whites, blacks, reds, browns, Latinos, we should all be walking together. We should all be walking in comfort, fellowship, one nation, under God, forgiving one another, healing one another, walking in truth, walking in integrity, having an incredibly great nation with righteous leaders, but we have gone the way of all other nations because we have, re- we have forsaken the Lord. We took God's laws out of our laws. We made our laws different than his. For the longest time, our laws represented his laws, and they were excellent, and they saved our society. They protected the mind of our society. Today, our little children are the prey of the predators because we have laws now protecting, like this new Supreme Court justice. She's really soft on pedophilia. She's okay with that. That's not an issue. She's making excuses for it. This is wrong. Now there are people that have participated in all this garbage who have been born again, saved by grace, and are living a new life. And we praise God for that because they, like everybody else on the planet, need salvation. And there is mercy. But when your laws and your lawmakers promote it and they say it's okay, your nation is moving in the wrong direction. So here's the problem. You have wounds in this country, the bruises, you have putrefying sores. They stink. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointments. Your country is desolate. That's the judgment. That's why she's going to be weeping. That's why the tears are going to flow from her cheeks. That's why the people of this nation are going to be mourning like doves on the side of a hill. Your cities are burned with fire. I'm just reading out of verse 7. The cities of America, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., and many other cities across this nation. What? Your cities are burned with fire. Nuclear weapons will be detonated in major cities across the United States of America, most likely on the same day. And within one hour, this mystery Babylon spirit in this country, this nation is going to burn. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land strangers devour it in your presence. Strangers are devouring our land. Muslims who are strangers to an American society, to a Judeo-Christian society, Muslims are coming in, putting their Sharia law, uh, but where nobody's watching. They're promoting their Islamic ways. They're fighting against Christians in a political manner behind the scenes. Oh yeah, you know the squad and everybody else connected to them. 
This is an evil. Now, are there Muslims? That, do we love Muslims? Do you love Muslims? Do you love people? Do you convert them to Christ? If you can, unless they convert you to Islam. So what the reality, which is to deny his son, God's son, Jesus, and if you want to deny God's son and become Antichrist, then go ahead and become a Muslim. So this is what's going on. He says, they're devouring in our presence, these strangers. It is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the prophecy is, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. America is going to die. The people in this country are going to cry. There is going to be some very deep, painful hurt. And the panic that's about to come out beneath the layer of this skin is going to be off the charts. You won't be able to record the volume and the measure of the panic that's going to hit this nation. He goes on and says, except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like Gomorrah. And then God says to the American leadership and the citizenry of this country, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So what did he say? Give ear, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. He's designating at that time, Israel became like Sodom. America is like Sodom. There's no mystery in that. Full of pride, idleness of bread, sexual perversion running rampant through our nation. And the people were known to be the people of Gomorrah. And God's saying, listen. And then God goes into a further reason for what was ready to happen to Israel and he's foretelling what's happening to America in the end sample, the pattern of the way that God deals with people and nations. It's a very, very, very sad day. In this cry, I want to tell you something. This is not the first time this word has been preached. We, pro- we preached this 20 years ago, 25 years ago, however long ago. This word has been sitting over this nation for decades And we weren't the first ones to say it. These warnings were coming out long ago. And now, everywhere you turn, you know, all these different places where you're hearing all these conversations about the coming food shortage, the coming food crises, the coming attack of Russia, the coming nuclear weapons, how the Arctic, uh, up in the Arctic part of our country, icebergs are breaking off the size of L.A., how the water is going to rise, how climate is going to change how the depopulation through 5G towers, 6G towers, chemtrails, uh, all the things that you're hearing that are coming. I mean, it's so incredible. And yet God's been telling us for years to prepare because this day would come. And now we've arrived at this day. And nobody knows. I mean, if there's a button in Russia to push that would do a super vapor or some kind of reaction in the atmosphere of a sonic boom, Uh, or a lights out, an electromagnetic pulse, or something, and all the nonsense stops, that's when things are going to go crazy. And this is going to be a tough day upon all the nations, but the targeted nation is America. And I'm going to say it again. Can you believe that we live in a time where most people favor the Russian president over the American president? And while all these 
countries are supposedly gathered together as one to go fight the bad guy through their propaganda machine. The real corruption is in Joe Biden, in the Joe Biden crime family, connected to the Clinton crime family, connected to the Barack Hussein Obama crime family, connected to the Bush crime family. Every time, the reason why we went to war uh, in 2001, they, they blamed the Islamic world because the Bushes were in business with the Bin Ladens. And there was a problem in the business dealings. And it's always about the money and it's always about the oil for the love of money is the root of all evil. And we made the Republican looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. Bush administration looked good. They were not good and they were not the, the good guys. And now we have this other war with Russia to protect Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's interests because they don't want the corruption to come out. So while this war is going on, to me, it is another distraction to cover the truth. We just went through 2020, 2019, the COVID global lockdown. Why did they lock down the nations? Why did they put masks on everybody? Why did they social distance? Why did they take people off the internet for saying anything contrary to the narrative that they wanted to promote, even though the contrary narrative was more righteous than their own? Why did they shut everything down? Why did churches shut down? Why did businesses shut down? Lockdown all over the world. People can't travel. They can't enjoy life anymore. Why did they do this? Because they were putting the final components into their new world order of things. And all of this protecting, shucking, jiving, hiding, smoke, mirrors, lies. No, You know, the delusion is so great right now. For the first time I could ever remember, there are, there are thousands and thousands of voices out there saying all kinds of stuff, and people used to hold people accountable. We live in a time people could care less if your prophecy is right or wrong. Think about that. Wow. Well, I don't care if you're right or wrong. I don't care. We just feed on everything we're hearing right now, and whether it comes to pass or not, we don't care. We just want to hear the next thing. That is crazy. Man, when we open our mouths and say, thus saith the Lord, or we give a word, or we prophesy something, or we say, hey, as a watchman, this is what I see. This is what I hear. This is how I'm interpreting what I'm hearing and seeing. And it doesn't come to pass. When has there ever been a time when there's no accountability? No accountability upon the people that are speaking. No accountability upon the prophets. No accountability on the people that have been saying what they're saying. We got dates have come and gone. People have said things that have come and gone. I'm not going to name names right now, but there was one man that I, I don't know how many millions of people were following. And, you know, he gave a date by 2021, we'd be in a new cashless society. Well, we're not in a new cashless society, but you haven't heard a peep. And it, it's just interesting. I don't, I'm not condemning the man. I'm not saying, you know, whatever God showed him. And I don't know the whole thing, but I do recall that. And we're in the time frame and maybe he missed it by a month or two. I, I get that. But when people stop questioning, when people stop saying, hey, you said something, it was wrong. You're going to be held accountable for that. When now we live in a society, nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. Get on the radio. Say anything you want in the name of the Lord. And people will forget it in a day. They'll forget it in a week. They'll forget it in a month. Rather be held accountable than not cared about what you're said at all, huh? But this is the time we live in. These are the days we live in. 
the darkness and the delusion and the deception is so great. Years ago, I mean, when we were on AM, FM radio, we were talking about the Titanic. I heard somebody yesterday talking about the Titanic. We're like, man, we said that years ago, how America has struck the iceberg and the water is flooding into the ship and there's a bailing out and yet they're playing music while the ship is going down. I mean, we've been there. There's nothing new to be said about the time we live in. There is nothing new to be said about the time we live in. The book of Revelation is open. The seals have been opened. The horses have left the gate, and they will continue to ride until the very end. There are new levels and phases of judgment that are about to hit the nations of the earth. There is no turning back. The woman is in travail, and when you begin to travail, you don't just say, ah, do over. No, you're in it to the end. And the end of what we understand is the end of all these judgments, these labor pains to the birthing of New World Order, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, and then to endure through that time for three and a half years is what we're preparing for. And we're hopefully preparing you for the same thing because the love of many will wax cold. They're not saved. They'll betray one another. They're not saved. They'll hate one another. They're not saved. They'll kill one another. They're not saved. Nobody's saved. Nobody's saved that does these things. And yet you have doctrines out there saying, oh, you're saved, regardless of what you do. You believe in Jesus. And I say, well, the devils believe in Jesus, and they tremble. That's what the Word says. So on this day, this last day of March, let the mockers mock. Let the scoffers scoff. Let these people that think there's something who are nothing think whatever they want to think. And let God confound the wise with the foolish things of the earth. Let God show his power through the weakness of his vessels. Let him do what he wants to do. It doesn't matter. What matters, my God, the final call to America would be to every person on this continent to, to repent. But you know that message, to whatever degree it's gone forth, has gone unheeded for the most part. You have people that represent this nation that are just evil. Their mouths are evil. Their hearts are evil. Their conduct is evil. They are so proud. The devil used them, gave them all the success they ever want, name, reputation, but they're going to die like men, and the maggots are going to eat their flesh like everybody else's. The only problem is their soul is going into eternal damnation. That's the word. You know, you want to be a success story on planet Earth and get all the admiration of men? Go ahead. But your soul, that fabric, that part of you that is unnatural, is unearthly, that supernatural fabric of the soul, the material of the soul, your soul's going on forever. And it's either going into hell and the lake of fire and death and darkness and torment, or it's going into heaven. And if you think you're a good person while breaking the laws of God, you're just deluded. You're deceived. The world may hail you, but God doesn't. The world may think you're something, but you're nothing in the eyes of a holy God. That's just the truth. And that should be the fear of God in every one of us, quite frankly. We live in fearful days and days of judgment. And there's a lot more um, that will come. And I'm sure, you know, praise God, like my brother who's about to join me on the air right now, he has a ministry to be able to 
enlighten people to the things that are going on. Who's talking about what just happened in Disneyland in wherever it was, California, Florida? People are getting arrested for the largest sex trafficking ring in our country, in Disney World. People are being arrested everywhere. It is so filthy. It is so putrid. It is so dark. And Christ could save anybody, but he, they, these, these people don't want salvation. A lot of people want to remain willingly ignorant. A lot of people don't want to know the truth because they love the darkness. Men love darkness rather than light. That's what Jesus said. What about the righteous? What about those who are laboring, striving to walk in obedience to God in faith, to love the Lord, to sit with the Lord and say, Lord, You ever imagine yourself just putting your arm around Christ, putting your arm around your daddy and saying, I am so sorry that the world you created is treating you like this. You ever thought about that? Not that God needs consoling, but, you know, we are in fellowship with him. The things that break his heart should break our heart. And why not? I've seen fathers in this world that have gone through tough times and their little kids come up to them and put their arms around them. Daddy, are you okay? Daddy, are you okay? When do God's people come to Father God and say, hey, Papa, are you okay? I know this is not what you wanted. You don't want to judge and, and pour out wrath. That's not who you are. You love the world so much you gave your son And rather than Hollywood promoting your son and getting Oscar awards for promoting the glory of God through these great actors, these great actors are being used by the devil to promote what is evil. God, Father, Father God, I'm so sorry. I'm sad with you. It's okay, Father. It's okay, Daddy. It's okay. Don't be sad. Don't hurt, Daddy. And and Father God has got to get off his throne And he's going to exert his power over these godless gods, these make-believe gods. He's going to have to demonstrate his power. Is it because that's what he wants to do? No. His mercy endures forever. His love is never-ending. But when it's so rejected because people have forsaken him and then war against him, it's got to come. He must move his hand. And everything that we have said, regardless of how much information, the revelation of this moment is God is saying, I'm now turning you over to destruction because my attempts to bring you back to me through judgment have failed. You have not responded. Why should I strike you any longer? And there's a part of this world that hates this message, defies this message. Listen. You know, our faith in Christ is a very narrow path. I get it. Uh, In a world where they're promoting every wicked thing and many paths lead to God and paganism and the gods and, you know, heathenism and the gods and, you know, all this stuff that's out there. How could you people believe in such a narrow man in faith about one man, Jesus, is the only way to God? Because it's the truth. Because we believe the gospel. We believe the gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Because the gospel saved our lives. It was truly an experience, the power of God to salvation. The gospel saved our lives. I was born into a Catholic family. It didn't do anything for me. I was Catholic in a religion, just like your Judaism is today. 
It's a religion, dead, dry religion, no life in it whatsoever. Life is in Christ. Life is in the Holy Spirit. And you can't have the Holy Spirit without believing, meaning clinging to and, you know, adhering to Christ. Yes, our faith is very narrow-minded, but it is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm the way out of this judgment. I'm the way out of eternal damnation. I'm the way out of the lake of fire. I'm the way out of the wrath of God. I'm the way out of the punishment that's coming on the nations of the earth. I'm the way out of your torment. I'm the way out of your destruction, your captivity, your bondage. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And I found that out 40 years ago that Yeshua is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And everybody should know that. And that gospel has been preached, but they have rejected the gospel. And the few remaining fruits that are being harvested, praise God, for every soul. All right. So with that being said, I want to go to our telephone line today. I want to welcome my brother in the Lord, Pastor Jeff Bass, to join me on this final day of March, 2022. Pastor Jeff, good morning, sir. How are you today? Good morning, Pastor Vincent. I'm doing excellent, and I hope you are doing fantastic also. I really am, personally. A little, you know, I read these scriptures, and I, I hear the heart of God saying, the things that are coming, uh, the enemies of America are moving closer for the kill and that her friends have betrayed her. It's never an easy thing to say or kind of feel it while you're saying it. Um, but on the other side of the moment, I'm the most blessed man on the planet called Earth. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what do we have today, sir? Well, just kind of keep it in that vein that you're saying. You know, my heart breaks too, you know, because I would love for more people to become aware. You know, I always pray that God will open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, that we can see this spiritually. And um, I, I just sometimes, like you, I, I think the church, you looking at the at the church first, we're so caught up in superficial things and, and, and things that really don't matter. You know, I mean, I, I just think we're not discerning what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is showing us as it relates to the end times. And uh, it just kind of breaks my heart because I would love for more of the body of Christ, especially starting with pastors on down, to just see this so we could collectively pray because Scripture has shown me there's there there's power in prayer, but there's even also power in in corporate prayer or or unified prayer, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity, Psalm 133, and just other plethora of scriptures. And it just seems like there's only right now a few people addressing these issues that you've um, used the platform to enlighten us with. And that's, that's really, I don't want to say disturbing, but it hurts. It's really kind of a uh, a sad state of affairs from my perspective. It is, and I agree with that. And so, you know, what do we say to the people that we need to continue? And I know your ministry is a ministry to inform. God gave you that investigative insight to the things going on in the world where you are, you know, transmitting information for people to chew on, mull over, to digest, and get a biblical perspective of what is going on. 
And so uh, enlighten us today uh, with some of the things that you want to share. And, you know, let's treat this as though it was our last opportunity to say to the people what they need to say, regardless of, uh, you know, what would happen to us. What do the people need to hear right now? Because the people listening are tuned in. They want to know something, not just, you know, the, the light stuff, but the stuff that uh, is going to matter to them so that they understand how God is justified in doing what he is about to do. Um, and there's scripture to back that statement up, Pastor Jeff. Even the angels in the outpouring of the wrath of God say, you're just for doing what you're doing. You, you have a right to do this. And uh, some people may be thinking, why would God be so angry at us? Well, let's talk about it. What do you have for us? Well, the first thing I want to cover is uh, what's going on with the lockdowns. I mean, uh, the scripture that came to me is you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or set you free. And I just think that we have to know that Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to, to weigh everything in that balance. We have to weigh it against the word of God. And, we have, and, and again, that, that word discernment to me is so vital for us as the body of Christ and Christians because that counters deception, and there is so much deception. But the, but the first thing I want to say is that uh, don't listen to what the media says about conspiracy theories and that there is no such thing as a new world order, because there is. As a matter of fact, they had a, a, one of the articles, there was a meeting uh, yesterday, I believe it was, in Dubai, and one of the, uh, of, the, of the lady that was one of the speakers, one of the first things she says is, or she, she, she asks, well, her comment was in the form of a question, put it that way. And it, it was, are you ready for the new world order? And they began to lay out, you know, their, you know, their plan, as we've talked before about uh, Chris Lom, which, you know, we've talked before, a new, eventually part of the new world order is a uh, one world government, one world economy, and a one world religion. Government, economy, and religion. And behind the scenes, they're working on all of these things even as we speak. And that's what that, that um, Dubai conference was working on, the religious piece, the, uh, the one-world religion piece. And they, they were basically, uh, you know, discussing strategies of how can they move the world to one-world religion, which they have already had a name, which would be called Chrislam, taking, of course, uh, the part of Christianity, the, uh, the what, C-H-R-I-S, and then the Islam, and they're going to call it Chrislam. And so they become really bold, and they're not, they're not afraid to say what they're going to, you know, what they are doing and what they're going to do. So my point about knowing the truth is I have quickly three points here about a lot of people think that the lockdowns are over. Well, in article number one, which came out March 18th of this month, uh, it says, Fauci says COVID-19 cases will likely increase soon, though not necessarily hospitalizations. And he said the BA2 variant of the Omicron will likely ca cause more cases. And he goes on and he talks in an ABC News report. He said that over the next few weeks, the U.S. should expect an increase in cases from the BA2 variant but it may not lead to as severe a surge in, in hospitalizations or deaths. Fauci said, quote, I would not be surprised if in the next few weeks we 
see somewhat of either a flattening of our diminution or maybe even an increase. So you see right there, he's kind of padding his, 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 his words there. Either it could be a flattening or it could be an increase. And it says his prediction is based on conversation with, with, with his colleagues in the U.K. currently seeing a blip in cases, Fauci said. The pandemic trajectory in the U.S. has often followed the U.K. by about three weeks. So let's just put a pin in that. Article number two, remember Fauci said that on the 18th of this month. Well, today, well, no, today is 31st. The article says March 30th. Yesterday, Fauci says not going to be able to determine if lockdowns were worth it. And he says, the article says, as as Joe Biden prepares to address the status of America's fight against COVID-19, yesterday, I guess he gave a speech, Fauci has said it's difficult to say if the extensive measures, including lockdowns, taken to prevent transmission of the coronavirus were worth it. I don't think we're ever going to, Fauci says, I don't think we're ever going to be able to determine what the right balance is. I think the restrictions, if you want to use that word, which I tend to shy away from, lockdowns, they certainly prevented a lot of infections, prevented a lot of hospitalizations, and prevented a lot of deaths. There's no doubt about that. Fauci added, he cannot say whether future lockdowns will be needed, admitting that the idea of them now has a charged element to it. I believe we must keep our eye on what we're seeing with infections. He said, right now, I'll take the U.S., for example, the cases continue to go down, hospitalizations go down, and deaths go down. We are going in a gradual way towards what we all hope will be normal. Last article, though, so he's saying he's kind of way, uh, uh, hedging his bets, so to speak. I don't know if there's going to be a lockdown. Maybe we're out of it. Maybe we're not. But here's, the, the to me, the big one we need to watch. This came out two days, three days ago, March 28th. China locks down 26 million in Shanghai amid surge in COVID-19. China's financial hub of Shanghai began a two-phase lockdown on Monday, this past Monday, amid a surge in COVID-19 cases. Shanghai, one of China's largest cities with 26 million people, had never implemented a full-scale citywide lockdown since the Chinese regime launched its zero-COVID playbook at the onset of the pandemic in early 2020. But the current outbreak, driven by the highly infectious Omicron variant of the virus, appears to have put pressure on local officials to follow other Chinese cities, which in recent weeks have gone into lockdown in imposing strict uh, uh, restrictions. The lockdown and mass screenings will move to people living west of the river on April 1st. But also, I'm sorry, uh, there's a paragraph before it. It says, all residents east of the Hangpu River, which divides Shanghai, are being sealed in their homes from March 28th to April 1st to allow health workers to complete at least two rounds of mass testing. Uh, They said this in a release on March 27th. During the lockdown, people aren't allowed to leave their residential compounds and public transportation will be suspended. Businesses and firms that aren't considered essential have been ordered to be shut down. Uh, We can't, uh, an expert member of the city's pandemic task force finally told reporters, uh, we can't lock the city down, but he said, 
Our city plays an important role in the national economic and social development and even affects the global economy. On March 23rd, Shanghai police detained two men for spreading rumors about a potential full-scale lockdown. But we see that it did lock down. Infections in Shanghai has continued to surge in recent days, hitting a record of 3,500 new COVID cases on March 28th. However, the figure likely reflect the true total, according to experts, they say. So my point being, they're saying one thing, uh, but then they turn around and say another thing, but now uh, the information is coming out about China. We don't know if it's true or not. I mean, again, we have to pray because you don't know what is a deception versus what is the, what is the truth. So we need discernment and to continue to pray because from my personal uh, viewpoint, I do believe they're going to come back with the lockdowns before the year is out. But that's the information that's out there, and I just wanted to share that right now with you. Well, yeah, that's very interesting because I was um, just kind of revisiting um, some of the things that we were talking about a month or two ago. And uh, the, part two of this was that persecution through April to June, as spring and summer begin to come forth, those who refuse vaccinations will begin to lose their rights and benefits to enjoy societal bliss, uh, going to a ball game, shopping at the mall, going on vacation. It will begin with soft persecution, but the winds will increase as the days, weeks, and months pass. Um, so it's not over yet. And I think a lot of people, particularly here in America, think it is over. You know, we're not, we're, it's back to, back to partying again. But uh, I heard about Shanghai, the 26 million people being locked down. And uh, now Fauci's still talking about this. He's back, I guess. Uh, that's pretty amazing information because, you know, people are wanting this to be over. They want to get back to normal, right? But according to these reports, maybe normal's not so close, right? And we know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I personally, I don't think we're going to ever get back to what, you know, to where it was pre-2020. And prayer is that more, as I stated, more more Christians, pastors, and, and, and people who even aren't pastors, so that we can get on one accord and start praying about about these situations and, and, and being unified in our belief about about this and, and praying to the Lord regarding this. Well, as I stated, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but the circle that I know and, and even others, they they look at it as an afterthought. They don't, come on. They, well, <laughs> you know, I can't, or they're saying, I, hey, man, I just can't wait to get back, you know, where the doors are open and we can go back to doing what we were doing. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it'd be very interesting if they did lock things down right now. How do you, how do you? When a nation is ready to, it's poking at the bear, right? It's going, it wants to go to war with Russia. Uh, whatever's really going on over there, only God knows. But, you know, you lock down countries at this time, you know, it's all very, very dark. It's all very, very deceptive. Um, so what will people do if they want to lock it down again? Probably in America, there would be a great resistance, right? And uh, if people started saying, we're not going back down, we're not going to obey that law, we're not going into our homes, we're not shutting down, that would, again, create an environment. So it's a decision away from putting the nation into chaos. It's one decision away, right? Is that correct? No, I agree with you. I mean, I agree. You know, I mean, to me, it's just so many tentacles 
that's going on that's part of this great reset, uh, new world order, global uh, world order, whatever you want to call it. And again, we uh, we we the ones who have you know discernment in the body. We have to discern this to be able to a first thing pray you know, to the Lord regarding what's going on and be able to prepare also and to hear from God uh, uh, his, you know, solutions or what, what is he saying to us as we go through this. But it's just, it, it's, like I said, it's like for whatever reason, I, I, I'm not a person, I don't just bash people, but I'm not bashing the body of Christ. I'm just saying, or pastors, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm praying actually in my prayer that God, open their eyes. Allow them to see. Allow them to take their eyes off of the superficial and what the news is saying and what else. And try, is this the bad guy? Is that the bad guy? What's going on? What is God saying? Show me the the evil plan that they're doing so I can share it. I can pray about it and share it with my congregation. I can share it with others uh, uh, so we will be aware and we won't be caught uh, uh, off guard because it, it's just it's just so much you know, stuff that's going on that's part of this plan, and they're implementing pieces. It's just like you're building a house, you know, or you're, you know, or you're furnishing a house. That's probably a better way. Well, i got to furnish the den, and I've got to get my kitchen appliances and stuff. And they're like, they're like building this, constructing this house, and it's like we're like, what's going on here? I'm, I don't understand what, what they're doing. And then eventually it's going to be too late, you know. So um, that's how, how I see that. Amen. Amen. And what comes to mind at that last moment, Psalm 91, it, it is such an answer to the moment that we are living in. And people may have gotten bored with Psalm 91. Heck no. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, he is going to be our fortress. He is our protection. He is our deliverer, our healer. He'll keep us from the evil that is to come, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. This is a, a Psalm 91 spiritual um, ark that people can pour themselves into, and I'm sure that many have and are doing that uh, exactly. All right, Pastor Jeff, with that being said, uh, let me just uh, quote one of the comments that we got in our chat room from Autumn. Autumn says, in my view, the one world government is already here via the World Economic Forum, and the one world religion is already here via the Pope. Christians are resting on their laurels, waiting for these things that have already come, just my unpopular opinion. Um, I think it's a pretty decent point that a lot of things we're thinking we're waiting for, it's already here, and that would be a great delusion, wouldn't it? It would be. I mean, great points that she said, and I kind of look at it going back to my house analogy. The house is built. We just use that. But I don't have electricity in the house. I'm wired for it, but the electricity doesn't come on until I contact the electric company that, you know, they need to do what they need to do so I can hit, hit the switch in my house so the actual current and juice can come through. I mean, they've got all of their stuff structured and in place and and you know they're they're continuing to to build upon their foundation you know like like with like like i said with the uh um uh, i mean uh packs have been made they're holding conferences and they're just waiting to call the electric company so to speak in the <laughs> 
to to, uh, to basically uh, initiate it. I mean, you know, uh, same thing with with the mark and everything. I I believe they already they already have stuff in place. It's just not, you know, the time biblically isn't yet. But they're they're working behind the scenes doing these things, and we have to be aware of what's going on, you know, just trying to change everything. One thing I wanted to follow up on what you said about Psalms 91, I declare and decree Psalm 91 every day in my prayers that also that no plague shall come nigh us, my family, or no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. But also, I just recently, because when you were saying, you know, God is our refuge and everything like that, all of those adjectives that you were describing, who God is, you were absolutely right. Ironically, my message on Sunday was God is. And I was saying uh, not only Psalm 91, but it was based on Psalm 121. You know, I lift my eyes to to the hills from which which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So my uh, my three takeaways from Psalm 121 is God is a lot of things. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my defense. He's my stronghold. But based on Psalm 121, he uh, he's my he's my helper. He's my watcher, and he's my keeper. And I told him, you know, there's a lot of things, but it's just basically you, we need to remember that. He's our helper, he's our watcher, and he's our keeper. And everything. Hallelujah. So, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It. I feel like having church now. Right. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but also in my last article I had I wanted to touch upon is, is also that we need to be aware of what the, the enemy is trying to do through changing. We talked about the Constitution and laws and stuff. They're trying to implement or remove any semblance of democracy and everything. But not only that, they're trying to remove any semblance of of biblical order. From that perspective, I mean, God said he created uh, a male and female, you know, and in Genesis. And so they're trying to just uh, uh, circumvent that whole biblical aspect of mankind because we know one of the other uh, components of what they're trying to do is bring in what they call transhumanism, you know, merging mm. humans with machine, trying to mess with the soul of, uh, of mankind. So the, uh, the, the, the last article is, says President Joe Biden, and this is going on today if it hasn't already happened this morning, President Joe Biden will publicly get behind Transgender Day of Visibility. That's what it's called on Thursday, which is today. It's called Transgender Day of Visibility by introducing the letter X, as in X-ray, as a new universal gender marking on American passports and other documents. And it says uh, the Transgender Day um, of Visibility uh, the writer says, reminds me of Vanity Fair from John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. And it also reminds me of the Jack Chick gospel track called Doomtown. Interesting to note that in the Bible, the letter X seems to be connected with the coming kingdom of Antichrist. There is Xbox, Gen X, things are rated X, X Xerox, Exxon, a soon coming global tax, and the list goes on and on. Fifty years ago, Peter Ruckman published a book called The Mark of the Beast, and it contains a section about words ending in X as related to the Antichrist. We, we would do well to revisit it. 
and the uh, the article also about transgender day of visibility um, from Breitbart says reports uh, fresh measures aimed at opening federal government to transgender people include a new ex-gender marker on U.S. passport applications that will begin April 11th. New transportation security administration scanners that are gender neutral are also planned as part of the administration-wide embrace of transgenderism and LGBTQI plus issues and people. Pretty soon we have to say the whole alphabet. To that end, the White House is also working to expand the availability of the ex-gender marker to airlines and federal travel programs, API lines, and will make it easier for anyone to change their gender information in Social Security Administration records. It's a continuation of Biden's efforts to rewrite, as I was saying earlier, the way government engages gender identity. Visitors to the White House, so if if anybody is going to be coming to, to take a White House visit, will soon be able to select an ex-gender marker option in the White House worker and visitor entry system, which is used to conduct screening background checks for visitors to the executive mansion. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. What kind of a world is this? uh, One last thing, Biden wrote in a proclamation, he, he said, transgender Americans continue to face discrimination, harassment, and barriers to opportunities. In the past year, hundreds of anti-transgender bills in states were proposed across America, most of them targeting transgender kids. Uh, the onslaught has continued this year, and he says these bills are wrong. That's it. You know, all you can tell the righteous to do is get out of the way. I mean, um, Whatever feelings we have about these things, they must. I hope they originate from the Father's heart, and I, I believe they do. I don't think the creator of the universe is well-pleased. In fact, uh, Pastor Jeff, if we go to Romans chapter 1, uh, I was reading this this morning, Patricia and I. Uh, I just want to read a few verses out of here. In uh, chap, uh, chapter 1 of Romans, verse 18, uh, whoever may be listening right now, hear the word of God about what you have just heard here this morning. For the wrath of God, this is, this is the Bible, this is Romans chapter 1, verse, one uh, verse 18, Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And so what would God, if God is saying these things 2,000 years ago, and now he's watching children be coached into transgenderism, I mean, that's got to stir the wrath of God. That has to stir his wrath. And this is what I believe, this is that moment where through biblical lens we could be confident uh, that this judgment is going to continue to come and the wrath is going to be unveiled in our country because we're promoting this stuff. Big time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, <laughs> basically, I was when you, when you were saying that, I, it, it, it brought back to mind. I was reading and I was trying to pull it up while you were saying that. Um, I think it was last year, and it was an art, uh, an article similar from 2005. In 2005, there was a Swedish pastor who preached a sermon on the. Uh, uh, biblical pro- prohibitions against homosexual behavior, and um, that case, um, you know, someone brought brought up brought that up before the uh, the country there, and he was waiting to see if the Supreme Court of Sweden, the article said, was was going to send him to jail for six months because they said it was hate. You know, you were just reading that, uh, but. They say that the issue is not homosexuality. They, they say it's religious expression and conviction, and uh, uh, hate speech. Those those who who are are against us preaching what the word you just quote. You just read Romans chapter one. So as Christians, what's wrong with us reading the Bible, which is our handbook, so to speak? I'm not belittling the Bible, but I'm saying you know uh, the Muslims use the Quran, or other religions use their book. And stuff, and our our standard of book is the Bible. And if we read our standard of book, now we're persecuted because we read what the book said, and we stand on what the Bible says. But because the laws feel that it's hate speech, I mean, you know, there was nothing in there where you said you hate God hates this person or he whatever. You just read what the what what the uh, the Holy Writ, the Word of God said. So. You know, like I said again, I try. I've, I've had conversation with pastor friends of mine, and they don't. They 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 seem unbothered that we're moving towards this point where we, as men of God, women of God, and the body of Christ, will be persecuted for even reading what the Bible says. That's the somewhat scary part, Pastor Vincent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and unless our hearts be overwhelmed with sorrow. Uh, I need to mention two very, very positive things right now. Number one, I think it's important for anybody listening that has ever participated in the things that Romans chapter one are talking about. If you have been a woman involved in, uh, in a relationship with another woman, if you have been a man involved in a relationship with another man, the spirit of the Lord, as I was reading that, said to say this to anybody that has participated because 1 Corinthians chapter six talks about 
you were once these things, but now you're washed, now you're justified. Um, pray, if you have ever been involved, against the recompense, uh, the judgment that would hit your life for participating in those things. Maybe you've received your forgiveness. Maybe God has delivered you from what you've done. But the judgment was the recompense for such actions. So make sure you bring that before the throne of heaven and let the recompense that came on your life be taken away so that you don't carry that judgment in you. So you could truly be forgiven and become that new creation that God has created you to be. So there's good news in this. And uh, for anybody that's participated in any kind of sin, but this one carried a recompense. And then the next thing, Pastor Jeff, we've got to say to bring some joy into the world, hallelujah, is that today is Brother Paul Jack's birthday. And Brother Paul is a man that, uh, let me tell you what happened with him. Paul Jack uh, had visited us. His sister is in our ecclesia and uh, her best friend, and they are in our ecclesia. And Paul was living in Savannah, Georgia. And Paul had been out there, and he had, he kind of tapped into New Wine Ministry out here in Arkansas, because things that we're doing, and he had been considering coming. Well, several months ago, they found him laying down in his house, and some I think that he was there for 30-some-odd hours, and most of his body had come under a shutdown. His organs were shutting down. There were problems in different parts of his body. And thank God, a man in our church, Pastor Denny Sossaman, was concerned about Paul and had made a phone call, have you heard from Paul? And finally, the pastor out there in Savannah um, went looking for him, and they found him on the floor because the door had been open, thank God. And they uh, got the ambulance, took him to the hospital. Well, Paul, he was going blind. He couldn't hear. Um, His organs were shutting down. He had seven major issues in the body. And... um, We were back here in Arkansas knowing this was going on, so we took a piece of cloth and we anointed it with oil, and every person in in New Wine Ministry came and laid hands and imparted a blessing uh, on that cloth. Patricia and I, we went to um, Savannah. We went to the hospital through a supernatural miracle, I guess. We were invited to go into the room, so I took the cloth, saturated with oil in the prayers of the people. I gave it to Paul, laid it on his chest. Um, there were some great things that happened while we were there. Long story short, he's now living in northwest Arkansas. He's getting more healed every day, and he's going to mm-hmm. be completely restored in the name of Jesus. And today he's celebrating his 63rd birthday. And so we want to say to Paul, your life is a supernatural miracle. God has given you life. Now live it to the full and do everything that God has put in your heart to do, be led by the spirit of the living God, and grow in the exponential spirit of God into the fullness of everything God created you to be and to do upon this earth. Happy birthday, Paul Jack. I needed to say that, Pastor Jeff. Amen. Happy birthday, Brother Paul. I mean, God is so good, man. He's giving you a testimony and uh, and a word to share. And, And, you know, Oftentimes, Pastor, I I've given my testimony, you um, know, and I, and, I, and I somewhat jokingly say with the church, with our congregation, I say, I know you guys get tired of hearing me tell it, but every time I get a chance, I tell about the goodness of the Lord and how He de- delivered me and how He how He saved me, and I never stop telling. I'm not gonna tell it now, but but my point is, I, I'm 
I'm not ashamed not only of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but uh, we overcome the enemy by the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So that's Amen. that's a testimony of of the power of God, and Amen. and 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 the healing nature of God. So. I just think God has given him an assignment that he may not even that he may not even was aware of. So anytime he gets that opportunity, Brother Paul, tell somebody. As I was sharing with a person once, they said, "Well, but you know, Pastor Jeff, tell you know what's what's the use of telling them?" I said, "You know what? I've told people my testimony, and they start weeping. And it wasn't about me, but it was the power. They felt the power of what God did for me. That now they had to they had the confidence to know that if God did it for me, that He could do it for them." So Amen. I just thank God for, for that testimony and, and for the brother, and uh, to God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. You know what I love about this part of the conversation, Pastor Jeff, is I know that Psalm chapter 2 says God is in the heavens and he's laughing at the workers of iniquity who are making war with him. That's another side of God's sense of humor, Psalm 2. Then you go to Proverbs chapter 1, God says, I'll mock you when your calamity comes uh, because you've done That's these right. things. And so I kind of get giggly and I feel like preaching right now to the body of Christ, to all people everywhere and anywhere, that the God we serve is a living God. He is a God of salvation. He delivers to the uttermost. He sets the captives free. We have seen more miracles in our little New Wine Ministry Fellowship. Almost on a weekly basis, people are getting healed. We lay hands on people, they're healed. People come up for prayer, they're healed. Now, some people have a little bit more, but they get healed. They go in and out, and there's all that. Uh, we see the glory of God. We are a people that are thankful that we have been awakened to the reality of the times we're in so that we can take the necessary steps to prepare. But we're not a cowardice, fearful people running to hide from the devil. We are being wise as serpents, obeying what God has told us to do, to prepare an ark, to get out of the way because God's going to do some stuff. And he's going to bring us through. And on the other side of this day, the Lord is going to return. The kingdom is coming. Eternal life is ahead of us. Hope is here. Faith is here. Love is here. Pastor Jeff, with all this stuff going on, uh, you know what? It's still a beautiful day and a great day to be alive. And the things we've just reported on are for the unsuspecting, those who do not obey the gospel and have not been obedient. But for those of us who have faith, I say let us climb the ladder even higher. Let's go to the top of the mountain that we've been called to. We have come to Mount Zion. Get into the depth of that deliverance. Get into the depth of that healing. Let the covenant Amen. blessings come upon your life and to bring redemption and restoration and salvation and all the good things of God. See, that gets me excited. Makes me want to preach. Hey, man, go ahead and preach, brother. Well, I, mean, I know you're, you're going, a preacher you know, too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Hey, I sit back, man, because uh, even as preachers, we need to be poured into from time to time and stuff. And, and you know, that's the, that's what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ, because you may go in one way, but, but God doesn't allow you to come out the way that you went in. <laughs> think about that. I think every about, day. Uh, uh, every day. I think about, you know, uh, uh, we may not all be have, have been in the same situation. We may not have all have dealt with the same uh, sins or whatever, but 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 it's the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, His shed blood, you know, it's it, it's His Word that has cleansed us, and so uh, I just thank God when I hear the Word of God. I mean, you know, some of us it, it may not even be a sin; we may just be feeling down, we may be we may be uh, despondent or whatever, 
but but the word of God will rejuvenate us. It, it, it will energize us. It will strengthen us. You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So anytime Amen. I hear the word of the Lord preached, I just get charged up. I get fired up. I get excited about what God is doing and what he has done, and I just want to praise him and thank him for what he's done. So, I, you know, uh, I just thank God for your ministry right now. You know, the opportunities have been, you know, be on your uh, on your platform to uh, to share and the information I share. It may come across sometimes. It, it may in the natural be bad news, but, again, back to what, what we said, when you what you said in Psalms 91, and I said about Psalms 121, we always have to remember that God is greater than what goes on in the world. If God be for us, it doesn't matter who is against us, you know. So whatever it is, God is. In the Old Testament, he says, I am that I am. In the New Testament, he gave us all of the I am's that Jesus is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. So when we start feeling down, we just have to remember that word and sometimes we just have to encourage ourselves in the Lord, just like David did. But it's always good when we have other brothers like I, like, uh, like yourself and others who can help us and stand with us when we're going through uh, whatever it may be that we're going through, that, that we can encourage one another. Well, amen. And that is an incredible segue into, you know, the time that we are living in right now. Um, and the segue is to... You know, 15 days from now, 15 or 16 days from now, we will be celebrating the Feast of Passover. And we're going to have a Seder meal on Friday night, uh, April 15th, uh, from our dear friend, the bakery, the Hallelujah Bakery, uh, blessed man and woman of God. Paul is going to be coming doing the Seder meal. He comes from a Jewish background, and he's born again, and he loves the Lord. And uh, don't forget, yes, 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 okay, I won't forget that. I got a sign from the... My director over here, Patricia Joy. But we're going to be having Seder meal on Friday night, and then we are going to celebrate and allow for people to come. Pastor Jeff, you want to take you and Miss D want to come on down to Arkansas uh, from the 15th to the 21st. We'll we'll make sure you have a pulpit because we're going to have seven days uh, every evening preaching the Word of God. And Pastor Honeycutt is going to be here with us. Pastor. Um, Ken uh, Maddox will be here with us. we got pastors from our own ecclesia that are going to be preaching. So it's going to go fast. It's going to be seven days. We're going to be preaching the word, everything about the blood of Jesus. And we want to invite everybody to come out to Northwest Arkansas beginning at 6.30 p.m. April 15th, the beginning of uh, Passover. And we're going to have an amazing time. But it's going to be that continual encouragement and hearing men and women of God share the revelation in the body of Christ. So. I'm so thankful. I'm so happy. Praise God. God is so good, Pastor Jeff. Amen. Amen. I would, we would have loved to have come during that time, uh, but unfortunately I, I would get in trouble with the boss because I always have to remember April 15th. That's my, our wedding anniversary. So oh we gosh. our wedding anniversary weekend, we, you know, um, it'll be 2070, 27, 27 years so we had something play our anniversary plans for that weekend, but I do know you have the fall feast, and you know we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. So the fall feast of Tabernacles, you bet. Pastor Jeff, a final word to everybody before we get moving forward here today. Amen. Well, I would just encourage everyone to continue to trust in the Lord and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, 
and allow God to direct your path. Proverbs chapter uh, chapter three, I believe that's verses five and six. Matter of fact, I know it is because our son, you know, came to me and D the other night and said he just he he remembered that that scripture when he was in school. He's been out of school high school now, probably about six seven about six years seven years, and he said he just that that scripture just just came to him the other the other day, and I think it's a it's it's a word that we all should meditate on because. We can get caught up in what the world is saying, what the media is saying, but we just got to trust the Lord. And, and, and if we trust him, he's going to provide everything we need. If we just trust him, obey him, uh, follow him, he's going to provide uh, protection, and he's going to provide provision, protection and provision, and not not by what the world says. I know we need jobs and stuff like that. That's not my point, so don't don't take away that from what I'm saying. But I'm just saying this is a spiritual battle versus good versus evil, not against flesh and blood. And so we've got to trust the supernatural provision and protection of God, and we'll be okay. Amen. And we will be okay. And we will be alive and remaining. And we will endure unto the end. And we will not be overthrown in the wilderness. We will overcome. Pastor Jeff Bass, God bless you, my brother. I appreciate you, and thank you for joining me on the air today. And you and D.B., very blessed in the work in the ministry that God's called you to. Shalom. You too. And my prayers for you and Pastor Patricia too in your ministry. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless. All right. Uh, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I wanted to go two hours today. Uh, any questions, comments, you're welcome to join in. One thing I need to do, it is the last day of March. And um, I want to ask you if you are led by the Spirit of God to give to this ministry. Um, it's been very balanced. You know, when we've had needs, we've called out and you have responded. Um, this is the end of the month. The last day, April 1st, is tomorrow. We will not be on the air tomorrow. We will not be on the air tomorrow. And uh, we will not be on the air uh, until Tuesday. Now, you, I'm going to be putting some messages out there on uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube. And I'll be giving some just little signals whether, you know, what our schedule is, what we're doing, what we're thinking. So make sure to check into Facebook and YouTube every once in a while um, to see what the plans of our work is. Um, And I'm going to just leave it at that for right now. But for those of you that are with us and you are just being a blessing, you want to bless this ministry, we would certainly welcome your giving. And so I'm going to put some information on the board right now and say thank you for your giving. And if you would like to give by a letter, if you want to send something in the mail uh, as a blessing to the ministry, uh, there's an address. It's P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. So, again, uh, if you want to send a gift to the ministry, if you want to send a blessing to the ministry, and if you just want to share out of your heart uh, in the ministry, you can do it right here, P.O. Box 100, P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72722. And you would address that to New Wine Ministry, New Wine Ministry. Another way you can give is online. And what you would do to give online is go to www. There's a number of places you can www at. So the first is www.nwm, stands for New Wine Ministry, NWM Global. .org under the donations tab. So if you go to nwmglobal.org under the donations tab, uh, you could give there as well. Uh, we have, uh, just being super honest with everybody, we have not received anything uh, in the mail or 
as of yet, I've been there today, uh, or for the last two weeks online, there's been no giving online. So uh, for this radio broadcast. So again, if you want to do it, that is it, nwmglobal.org under the donations tab, or you can also go to the omegaradio.org, and that's right there, www.omegaradio.org, and there's a donations tab you could give also. If you're on your phone and you want to give on your phone right now, this is really cool. One of the ways that you can give to the ministry is by going to your phone and text 41088 and then lowercase omega. So you would just go to your text, you would type in the numbers 41088 and then in lowercase omega, all together, no spaces. So 41088 omega, and then when you type that in, you type in the word give. So uh, go there, type in the word give, and then there'll be some instructions on how you could give to the ministry uh, that is here as well. So I invite you to do that on this final day of March. If this ministry is a blessing to you and you desire to bless the ministry uh, out of the appreciation of your heart, Thanksgiving, or partnership just to help get things done, thank you for your giving. We appreciate it. We value it. We are thankful for it. And uh, again, these are the ways either by mail, either by internet, either by texting on your phone. And uh, we just want to say thank you in advance for your consideration of blessing the work that we do here. And um, it helps pay the bills. It really does. And it's refreshing to receive a blessing from people who just say thank you for what you do. Not necessary, but very appreciative when it does come. Now, having said that, we're at 1029 here. It's um, coming to the end of the broadcast. The number is open if you would like to call into the broadcast, 818-369-0326. Anything you would like to share, anything you'd like to comment on, uh, we would uh, open the door to that as well on this Thursday. And um, tomorrow is Friday. It will be April 1st. And uh, we will not be on the air. And um, we'll put some feelers out there uh, over the weekend. Um, Saturday should be a very interesting day. It'll be April 2nd, and that'll be the first day of the brand new year. April 2nd is the first day of the brand new year, 5782. So we've, we're wrapping up the time of pack your bags, the year of anguish, tribulation, pack your bags. We're getting ready for that. Now, also, if you're out there today and you're going through a trial in your life, if you are going through a difficult time in your life, I want you to call this number. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. And it is a, a prayer line. And if you need prayer for yourself or you need prayer for anybody else, this number, 479-233-3774, is available. You could call it right now or text it right now. And there is an intercessor on the other side of that line. And there is a team of intercessors available to the, the strong needs. If you have something that you want prayer for, you need deliverance in, you're, you have an addiction in your life, you're struggling with some internal fabric of your soul issue, uh, fear, anger, um, whatever it is, call that number, 479-233-3774, 
and receive the blessing of prayer. Uh, This is not for the New Wine Ministry family. Uh, The New Wine Ministry family has a pastor that they could go to. But if you just want that intercessory prayer and you're listening from abroad or you're listening outside of the ministry, receive the blessing. It comes from within the camp. And so receive the, the blessing and uh, I think you're going to be very blessed by that. I know you will be. So 479233, I've got another call coming in. I was waiting for this call. You know, sometimes, um, well, let's take a call. Let me call, uh, take this call. Brother Don, is that you this afternoon, this morning, sir? How are you? Uh, just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. And I'm, I'm glad you called in. Pastor Jeff joined me on the air for a, a good period of time. We've been having a good time. But I just thought because we won't be on the air tomorrow, uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, is there anything in the realm of information, revelation, that you would have to share with the body today um, as far as just further equipping them um, to take this information into the weekend with them, what should people be awakened to and aware of at this point? We want the good news or the bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I would say uh, the country, uh, the country's over, doomed. Uh, The only thing that people should be concentrating on is, uh, uh, praying for the body of Christ and uh, set themselves to to go through some uh, great and trying times. Uh, just prepare yourself mentally and spiritually and physically uh, for what you're going to have to go through. Uh, I guess if you want to survive, uh, and you want your family to survive, you need to make preparations for that survival as best you can. And uh, that's got to show you what you need to do. I know I have to do that all the time. And uh, live by faith. Let's live by faith. Day by day. And don't worry about what you see or hear. Uh, prepare yourself as best you can. And God will make sure that uh, you're protected and that as well is done in your life. Uh, but don't live in denial anymore. I mean, really, <laughs> don't do that anymore. Because I see that everywhere now. People just live in, in denial. They don't want to hear it. Uh, you, you covered it very good at the beginning of broadcast. They, uh, they hear the truth now, and uh, they're hard towards it. Their hearts are hard, and their minds are hard. Uh, and they've been through so much the last couple of years, but it's it's all judgment. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, this uh, this thing they're calling a vaccine is masqueraded as a vaccine. Uh, I have a lot of experience with that because I was, was been around a lot of people that took it. I mean, I worked security in a hospital until I lost my job because I wouldn't take it. That's within the last year. But I saw a lot of things. And I saw guys, uh, I worked with a lot of men, they're security officers. And uh, I saw a lot of guys were holding out. 
and slowly they just gave in to uh, to the pressure of it. And uh, I saw their personalities change after they took the shot. After they actually took it, I saw their, before they had like a joyous personality, you know, guys are laughing, joking. We get together and it's always, you know, fun time to some extent. And they're like just all just like withdrawn and sober. And it doesn't have anything to do with anything, I believe, other than taking that shot. That shot does something to your personality. Uh, the truth of that is coming out more and more. Uh, and I had a lot of guys say, well, a number of guys say, I wish I never would have done that. I wish I never would have taken it because I knew it was affecting them. Uh, other than by what they were learning, the revelations are coming out on it. And the only thing I could say through the whole thing is I told you not to do that. I told you, you know, you can't, you can't trust the government, especially this government, with all of its past uh, indiscretions uh, towards the American people, uh, you know, give, putting syphilis in them. And, and uh, I, I saw them do stuff like that in the military uh, where they would run guys in with us so that spinal meningitis to see if they would affect the rest of us. Uh, and uh, I don't even want to think about some of the inoculations they gave us. We didn't know what they were putting in us. And there's Asian Orange. Uh, it just—I I know guys I was with over in Vietnam. It, it just ate them away. They're—they're they're, uh, they're basically walking dead. And uh, I'm not—I—I'm affected as far as I've had high blood pressure ever since I came back. But uh, I never laid on the ground because I was afraid of snakes. So <laughs> I think that's probably what saved me. Uh, from really getting affected by it. But then there's a Gulf War illness where 50,000 American servicemen died from blood clots from the anthrax shot. And that's interesting because that's what this uh, COVID deal here, this vaccination, uh, that's what you die from from that, blood clots. And I remember during the Gulf War, uh, even the reporters, were, they would take that anthrax shot and they'd be in the tanks, and they'd get blood clots in their legs, and they'd die in the tanks. Guys in their in their 30s and, you know, early 40s, they were reporting the war, they'd be dead. So, uh, and, all, and all, you know, like I said, 50,000-plus American servicemen died from the effects of that. So it's like they're – and I have my own theory about that. I think that if they train you militarily and you fulfill a mission that they have, uh, after they're done with you, they don't want you around anymore because they know you're going to end up fighting them eventually. So they want to they want to put something in you like a little time bomb to get rid of you because they don't want you resisting them at this point of what's happening right now. The American people are seriously thinking about taking up arms to resist this this whole movement that's been put upon them and try to restore the constitutional public that was stolen from them. Uh, they don't. They don't want fighters. They don't want resistance. So that's why I think they're taking out American servicemen. I think that's also why they're trying to get the guns away from American people now. Now they're starting to ramp it up any way they can, uh, but it's not working. 
because uh, <laughs> uh, all the false faces are off now. Uh, people, uh, I think this, I think uh, the Twin Towers when they came down, the fantasy story about that, and then we used that to invade eight countries and steal their golden oil. And uh, now the COVID thing, you know, where all these uh, people got duped or scared and they're taking this uh, deadly clot shot. Can't, it can't be, it's not an inoculation because it doesn't inoculate. So I think at the end of the day, they're caught now, but what they're going to say is, well, it was experimental and you signed a waiver to take it, right? So this is really your fault. <laughs> they always like to, to flip the script on you and blame you, you know. So you got that going on. Well, that's why they got it. I see it all the time. Uh, it's, it's like the people conventional in the system, they fell for it the hardest. Uh, I know black people, you're not getting a lot of them, never did. And because uh, they're, they're hep to this kind of thing, you know, they know that stuff like this goes on. They don't trust that any government kind of thing trying to give them a shot. Uh, poor people, poor whites are the same way. I don't see a lot of Latins taking it. So it's like people that are built uh, into the system, that are part of the system, that's really who they got with this deal. Of course, not. not Sweetheart, I'm on the year. air right now. Oh, yeah, Don's on. Sorry, now, now the next thing is they failed the COVID thing. Uh, and Well, they got all they're going to get. So now they're like going away with that. Now it's nuclear war. That's what they want to do. They've always wanted to do that. They want to take out the American people. They want to get them off the land so that the, the foreign powers that the copper traders in Washington sold the country to, they won't have a lot of resistance when they come in. And uh, it's interesting that one of the biggest countries that want uh, the American people disarmed is uh, Red China. And uh, you think, well, why do they care? <laughs> because they're coming in to, to uh, take what was given to them by the traders in Washington. They were the blackmail that bought off, and they're coming in to take what they call the beautiful land. They want to be able to feed their people, and they want to populate it with, with Chinese, not Americans, who have to be eliminated. They, they want to make good. So uh, you got that dynamic. And I got to tell you, I keep thinking about the uh, prophecies of Dmitry Dudeman. It's like it's all just lining up what God told him is going to ha- happen. And I know right now we're supposed to have four Russian submarines, missile submarines off our east coast just sitting on the bottom, not doing anything. One of them came up, uh, was that about almost two months ago on the East Coast and to be seen. And this is a big one. It's got like 230 uh, um, missiles on it. And uh, it just wanted to be seen, said, hello, I'm here. Uh, Are you sure that you want to oppose us? And they went down again. We never found that. So we know they're there. 
But so I think uh, I think you're right, completely right, uh, Pastor. I think that uh, America is going to be nuked. Uh, I think it'll happen all at once. It's my understanding uh, Putin's in the bunkers right now. Him and him and all of his uh, staff, his higher ups, they're all bunkered up. And uh, they cut off the gas to Europe. Uh, they uh, attached the uh, ruble to gold, which is going to completely, it's going to drop our uh, value of our dollar by th- at least 30%. Uh, and it's going to really mess up the world economic system because back in the 70s, we made a deal with Saudi Arabia that we would protect their oil fields if they would sell their oil only in dollars. And Saudi says, okay, we'll make that deal. And back then there was no real militaries that could oppose us, so we could protect the oil fields. And that gave us tremendous wealth because the whole world had to run to get dollars to buy oil. Now Russia made a deal with Saudi Arabia We'll protect your oil fields. You don't need America anymore. America's done. Saudi, Saudi Arabia says, or OPEC says, yeah, okay. They made the same deal with them. So now the whole world is going to have to run to get Russian rubles in order to buy oil. Of course, Putin says, I only make the unfriendly co- uh, countries to Russia uh, buy it in rubles. Uh, anyone else, you know, you could use the currency that you want you could, or gold. So uh, that is going to ruin a lot of economies. It's going to finish them off throughout the world. And, of course, uh, Putin knows that they're going to find a way to enact that Article 5 for NATO, and then they're all going to jump on Russia to try to take her out. And even... Uh, even Biden said a week or two ago, he, he told all the 82nd Airborne, uh, "Yeah, you're going to be in uh, you're going to be in Ukraine pretty soon. You're going to see women standing with tanks and all that." And they go, "Wait a minute, wait a minute! <laughs> I thought we were just supposed to be here in Poland. We weren't supposed to go over there. You, I mean, really? I mean, you know, it's like their worst nightmare is coming true for 82nd Airborne because." They're going to be stepping onto a nuclear battlefield. And you know what's going to happen. If, uh, Putin already said, if, if NATO gangs up on me with 30 countries, I can't fight that. I'm just going to go straight to nukes. So he's going to nuke these armies with probably small tactical uh, weapons, tactical nuclear artillery shells. He's going to find out where they're at, and he's just going to blow them up. And that's the way it's going to start. And it's just a question of, Who's going to fire that nuke first? Now, the protocol for Russia going preemptive, going first, that's already been established. Their policy is if the uh, Russia is threatened, the existence of Russia is threatened, we, we can go to nukes. That, that would be our, our jumping off point. Well, it is threatened. It's threatened in every way possible. And uh, now the prime ministers are even saying, yeah, our nuclear protocol is uh, fulfilled. It's just a question of, you know, when that button gets pressed. 
And I can tell you right now, if they enact that Article 5 with NATO, there ain't going to be no messing on after that because uh, Putin's not going to get wait to, wait to get hit by 30 NATO countries all at once. To, and they want to take Russia out. NATO always want to take Russia out. That's why they've been horsing around like this with him for so long. They want to destroy Russia because Russia won't join the New World Order. They won't join NATO. And they're the biggest landmass in the world. And uh, NATO, NATO wants to take them out. And I say NATO, I say Biden, the people behind Biden, the people in the Pentagon, they want Russia gone. Hillary was going to do this for, when she got in. She was taking orders from the same guys. But uh, for some reason, I still don't understand the dynamic of that, but Trump got in and it put a stop to it. And he actually pushed NATO away from Russia and made these guys pay up. They were They were like, running for free as far as NATO fees and all that. America was banning the whole thing. Well, Trump straightened them out. And you can think what you want about Trump, but when Trump was president, there was no uh, drama going on between NATO and the, and the Ukraine and Russia. No, it was all peaceful. You know, they, they were in their little fiefdoms and getting along as best as they could. They never really did get along. But uh, Trump was able to keep them guys quiet. And uh, as soon as he gets out, here comes Biden, man, beating war drums. So it's all it's all by design. And I don't see really where anything is off cue. It's all it's all happening exactly the way they want it to happen. And the next thing will be nuclear war. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> Yeah, just a quick interjection. You were talking about Dimitri Dudeman. Uh, I'm going to bring in one of our callers right now who actually housed Dimitri Dudeman while he was in America many years ago. This is Kathy and Ken from South Dakota. Let me just bring them into the broadcast. They've been waiting patiently to uh, share some things. So good morning, Ken. Kathy, how are you today? And what are you thinking about this broadcast and what you're hearing? Hello, Ken, Kathy, anybody there? Uh, can you hear me, Vincent? Yes, I hear you now, Ken. How are you, sir? Okay. I I love the broadcast. Um, it turns out that as far as I enjoy hearing Don because he has so much knowledge, and so does Jeff Bat. I mean, as far as um, – and the people need to hear that because, I mean, uh, there's so many people that are um, – I'm saying <laughs> – walking around with their head in the sand. And it turns out that, um, and a lot of them, even if you're bringing it out, they're not going to listen. But someday it will bite them if they don't listen today. Amen. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that's true. Praise I, God. I, would like so- to make another, I would like to make another comment, and that's about Wilson. And that is, is the point where, I just seen recently where it showed a picture where there was um, very few Christian people in Hollywood, and he was the main person that was standing in that group. And then he turns around the other night and uses a four-letter word twice when this happened. Yeah, that's... And and you're saying he was standing up, Will Smith was uh, standing up as a Christian man? I'm saying that he was standing in that 
a picture that I seen as a Christian man, as one of the few that are in Hollywood. And now he turns around and uses the F word twice the other night during the, whatever they call that, the Grammy Awards or whatever. The Oscars, yeah. The Oscars. Yeah, yeah this, is the, this is the real need of sanctification in the heart because, you know, he got thrown out, slapped a man, you know, started cursing. And, you know, that's, that's what's beneath the skin of every human being. It's there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a sad display, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, I, I thank you for being on. Um, and I end up, I try to listen as often as I can because, I mean, um, uh, <clears throat> like I said before, there's so many people that end up, they end up, if they hear, does it go to their heart? Does it go to their brain? And, or does it just go to their ears, you know? So. Yeah, it needs to produce action. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for calling and sharing your thoughts. We appreciate them. God bless you, and keep listening. I'm going to ask Don a very important question right now. Um, Don, I want to ask you this, and we've got like five minutes here to, to cover this. Um, I was thinking just a little bit ago that you have been to war. You were in Vietnam. You see what war is like, at least going back to the 1960s and 70s, and uh, you had participated in it. And I was thinking, from your perspective, when you look at war in this country, what does it actually look like? Um, And maybe it's a different war. Maybe it's definitely a different time. Uh, We're talking about, you know, nuclear things. We're talking about uh, but we have a spread out nation here. What does the war look like here to the citizens? I know when you were at war in Vietnam, you were battling the armies. Um, what about the citizens in a time of war? What, what do you recall as their reaction? Uh, what should people kind of be looking and expecting to take place when that first shot is fired? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, it's not a. Everybody thinks it's like on television. Uh, it's not scripted. I mean, you never know. Barbarism in a human being is probably his most basic instinct. And uh, the more you push him, uh, with war or in a war theater, the more vicious he can become. And um, that is what surprised me. Because, you know, when I, I was raised in an American environment, uh, I wasn't raised with a silver spoon by far, but, you know, I believed in certain things because I was taught that from a little boy, you know. And uh, there's no goodness in war. It's all evil. And uh, that's what really shocked me. I remember being there thinking, this is the most evil thing, evil place that could even exist. And it wasn't, but I thought it was. And as far as American people, American people are protected. They're protected sheep. All they know about uh, real violence, uh, for the most part, is what they see on television. Uh the closest thing to real violence or war that you can see is if you go into maybe a place like the Chicago 
ghetto uh, to where people are killing each other wholesale. And uh, that's probably as close as you're going to get to real war. That is war. It really is. And uh, America doesn't understand that if you strip the human being down to nothing or make him think he has nothing and uh, he has access to the tools of war, well, then you're going to see real barbarism, real savagery. And uh, without uh, without resolution, it just goes on and on and on. And I, I talked to a gang mayor one time from Chicago a couple of years ago. I said, man, what's going on up there? And uh, he said, you want to know the truth? I said, yeah. I said, you know, what's going on? Why are people killing each other like that? He goes, it's tit for tat. And that's why it's never going to end. I said, what do you mean? He said, you kill mine, I'll kill yours. And if I don't kill yours uh, today, I'll get them tomorrow. So it'll never end. And then I was able to understand how uh, the nature of war, uh, as far as being here in the United States, that's going to spread. That's going to spread when people don't have food, uh, don't have money, uh, can't buy things where gas is $10 a gallon where they, they, you know, they can't go to their job because they have to walk there and and then uh, the element of the basic human instinct, when it's pushed like that. I've always said that uh, Americans, even though they're not free anymore, they think they are. And the more they find out that they're not, the madder they're going to get. And I'm seeing that now. I'm seeing people uh, getting more and more angry and they're doing bizarre things, going off for no reason. I see it everywhere. And uh, now you got the government trying to exterminate them, and what's going to happen is they're going to blow. And they're still heavily armed, and they're getting more armed all the time. Unfortunately, they're going to blow on each other. And uh, after the pieces are all shattered and it has to be cleaned up, whatever's left in the Government's going to come in and just take what they want. So they're going to use domestic warfare as a, a means to an end of exterminating the American people. So first you had this COVID uh, lie that led to the bio uh, vaccine, bioweapon vaccine that they killed everyone that took it or in the process of dying. Now you got a nuclear war, and what's left after that is people fighting each other, trying to... to uh, trying to get for themselves to keep them starving to death. And after that plays out, I always thought about six months when that aspect plays out. Then you're going to see the people that engineered this. They're going to come in with their armies, instigated it, not engineered it. They're going to come at their armies, and they're going to take over the United States. And uh, that, unfortunately, is a byproduct or maybe a direct result of murdering 85 million babies in the womb. Uh, God hates two things. He hates uh, the shedding of innocent blood and homosexuality. And we've done both, big time. And we won't pull over. We won't slow down. 
get worse and worse and worse and worse. So it's out of control, and God's going to get it in control, and he's going to do it like he's always done. If you want to see the historical record for that, look at the Bible. You'll see exactly what God's going to do. You'll see exactly what God's thinking. Just read it, because that's what's going down. And nothing's going to stop it, because man, I think, is incapable of stopping it now. He's gone too far. He's calling good, good, good evil and evil good. Woe unto man now. Amen. Hey, Don, uh, we just ran out of time on Block Talk Radio, so <clears throat> we're going to have to say goodbye for now. That's incredible. I think it just left an image in people's hearts and minds to consider. If you prepare in advance, you will be much better off than sitting around waiting for something to happen and uh, than being in that environment. Uh, God has been mourning for a very long time. We're going to have to leave it there. Uh, again, we will not be on the air tomorrow. Brother Don, thanks for joining me on the air. God bless you, sir. Thank you for sharing uh, the information that you did today. We love you, ma'am. God bless you. And to everybody else out there today, have a super blessed Thursday. Have a wonderful weekend. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you Tuesday. Until then, uh, God bless you. Remember, keep looking out on Facebook or YouTube for some little reports as to what we're going to be doing. Uh, in the days that lie ahead. God bless. Have a super blessed day. Shalom.